Welcome back to the Come, Follow Me read-along. This episode contains the selected chapters of the Old Testament scheduled for this week. Thanks for listening. Let's jump in. Judges chapter 2 The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim. He said, I brought you up from Egypt and led you into the land I had solemnly promised to give to your ancestors. I said I will never break my covenant with you, but you must not make an agreement with the people who live in this land. You should tear down the altars where they worship. But you have disobeyed me. Why would you do such a thing? At that time I also warned you, if you disobey, I will not drive out the Canaanites before you. They will ensnare you, and their gods will lure you away. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking these words to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. They named the place Bochim and offered sacrifices to the Lord there. When Joshua dismissed the people, the Israelites went to their allotted portions of territory, intending to take possession of the land. The people worshipped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and as long as the elderly men who outlived him remained alive. These men had witnessed all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the Lord's servant, died at the age of 110. The people buried him in his allotted land in timnath Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. That entire generation passed away. A new generation grew up that had not personally experienced the Lord's presence or seen what he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil before the Lord by worshipping the Baals. They abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. They followed other gods, the gods of the nations who lived around them. They worshipped them and made the Lord angry. They abandoned the Lord and worshipped Baal and the Ashtoreths. The Lord was furious with Israel and handed them over to robbers who plundered them. He turned them over to their enemies who lived around them. They could no longer withstand their enemies' attacks. Whenever they went out to fight, the Lord did them harm, just as he had warned and solemnly vowed he would do. They suffered greatly. The Lord raised up leaders who delivered them from these robbers, but they did not obey their leaders. Instead, they prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned aside from the path their ancestors had walked. Their ancestors had obeyed the Lord's commands, but they did not. When the Lord raised up leaders for them, the Lord was with each leader and delivered the people from their enemies while the leader remained alive. The Lord felt sorry for them when they cried out in agony because of what their harsh oppressors did to them. When a leader died, the next generation would again act more wickedly than the previous one. They would follow after other gods, worshipping them and bowing down to them. They did not give up their practices or their stubborn ways. The Lord was furious with Israel. He said, This nation has violated the terms of the covenant I made with their ancestors by disobeying me. So I will no longer remove before them any of the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died, in order to test Israel. I want to see whether or not the people will carefully walk in the path marked out by the Lord, as their ancestors were careful to do. This is why the Lord permitted these nations to remain and did not conquer them immediately. 
he did not hand them over to Joshua. Judges chapter 3 These were the nations the Lord permitted to remain, so he could use them to test Israel. He wanted to test all those who had not experienced battle against the Canaanites. He left those nations simply because he wanted to teach the subsequent generations of Israelites, who had not experienced the earlier battles, how to conduct holy war. These were the nations. The five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites living at Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal Hermon to Lebo Hamath. They were left to test Israel, so the Lord would know if his people would obey the commandments he gave their ancestors through Moses. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They took the Canaanites' daughters as wives and gave their daughters to the Canaanites. They worshipped their gods as well. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and the Asherahs. The Lord was furious with Israel and turned them over to King Cushan Rishathaim of Armon Heraim. They were Cushan Rishathaim's subjects for eight years. When the Israelites cried out for help to the Lord, he raised up a deliverer for the Israelites who rescued them. His name was Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Lord's spirit empowered him and he led Israel. When he went to do battle, the Lord handed over to him King Cushan Rishathaim of Armon, and Othniel overpowered him. The land had rest for forty years. Then Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. The Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over Israel, because they had done evil in the Lord's sight. Eglon formed alliances with the Ammonites and Amalekites. He came and defeated Israel, and they seized the city of date palm trees. The Israelites were subject to King Eglon of Moab for eighteen years. When the Israelites cried out for help to the Lord, he raised up a deliverer for them. His name was Ehud, son of Gera the Benjaminite, a left-handed man. The Israelites sent him to King Eglon of Moab with their tribute payment. Ehud made himself a sword. It had two edges, and it was eighteen inches long. He strapped it under his coat on his right thigh. He brought the tribute payment to King Eglon of Moab. Now, Eglon was a very fat man. After Ehud brought the tribute payment, he dismissed the people who had carried it. But he went back once he reached the carved images at Gilgal. He said to Eglon, I have a secret message for you, O king. Eglon said, Be quiet. All his attendants left. When Ehud approached him, he was sitting in his well-ventilated upper room all by himself. Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. When Eglon rose up from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, pulled the sword from his right thigh, and drove it into Eglon's belly. The handle went in after the blade, and the fat closed around the blade, for Ehud did not pull the sword out of his belly. As Ehud went out into the vestibule, he closed the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. When Ehud had left, Eglon's servants came and saw the locked doors of the upper room. They said, He must be relieving himself in the well-ventilated inner room. 
They waited so long they were embarrassed, but he still did not open the doors of the upper room. Finally they took the key and opened the doors. Right before their eyes was their master, sprawled out dead on the floor. Now Ehud had escaped while they were delaying. When he passed the carved images, he escaped to Sierra. When he reached Sierra, he blew a trumpet in the Ephraimite hill country. The Israelites went down with him from the hill country, with Ehud in the lead. He said to them, Follow me, for the Lord is about to defeat your enemies, the Moabites. They followed him, captured the fords of the Jordan River opposite Moab, and did not let anyone cross. That day they killed about 10,000 Moabites, all strong, capable warriors. Not one escaped. Israel humiliated Moab that day, and the land had rest for 80 years. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath. He killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. So he also delivered Israel. Judges chapter 4 The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight after Ehud's death. The Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Canaan, who ruled in Hazor. The general of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoyim. The Israelites cried out for help to the Lord, because Sisera had nine hundred chariots with iron-rimmed wheels, and he cruelly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She would sit under the date palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the Ephraimite hill country. The Israelites would come up to her to have their disputes settled. She summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh in Naphtali. She said to him, Is it not true that the Lord God of Israel is commanding you? Go, march to Mount Tabor. Take with you ten thousand men from Naphtali and Zebulun. I will bring Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to you at the Kaishan River, along with his chariots and huge army. I will hand him over to you. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will indeed go with you, but you will not gain fame on the expedition you are undertaking, for the Lord will turn Sisera over to a woman. Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kedesh. Barak summoned men from Debulun and Naphtali to Kedesh, and ten thousand men followed him. Deborah went up with him as well. Now Heber the Kenite had moved away from the Kenites and descendants of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law. He lived near the great tree of Zaanaim, near Kedesh. When Sisera heard that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he ordered all his chariotry, nine hundred chariots with iron-rimmed wheels, and all the troops he had with him to go from Herosheth Hagoyim to the Kaishan River. Deborah said to Barak, Spring into action, for this is the day the Lord is handing Sisera over to you. Has the Lord not taken the lead? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand men following him. The Lord routed Sisera, all his chariotry, and all his army with the edge of the sword. Sisera jumped out of his chariot and ran away on foot. Now Barak chased the chariots and the army all the way to Herosheth Hagoyim. Sisera's whole army died by the edge of the sword. Not even one survived. 
Now Sisera ran away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite. For King Javan of Hatzor and the family of Heber the Kenite had made a peace treaty. Jael came out to welcome Sisera. She said to him, Stop and rest, my lord. Stop and rest with me. Don't be afraid. So Sisera stopped to rest in her tent, and she put a blanket over him. He said to her, Give me a little water to drink, because I'm thirsty. She opened a goatskin container of milk and gave him some milk to drink. Then she covered him up again. He said to her, Stand watch at the entrance to the tent. If anyone comes along and asks you, Is there a man here? Say no. Then Jael, wife of Heber, took a tent peg in one hand and a hammer in the other. She crept up on him, drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground while he was asleep from exhaustion, and he died. Now Barak was chasing Sisera. Jael went out to welcome him. She said to him, Come here, and I will show you the man you are searching for. He went with her into the tent, and there he saw Sisera sprawled out dead with the tent peg through his temple. That day God humiliated King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Israel's power continued to overwhelm King Jabin of Canaan until they did away with him. Judges chapter 6 The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to Midian for seven years. The Midianites overwhelmed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made shelters for themselves in the hills, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people from the east would attack them. They invaded the land and devoured its crops all the way to Gaza. They left nothing for the Israelites to eat, and they took away the sheep, oxen, and donkeys. When they invaded with their cattle and tents, they were as thick as locusts. Neither they nor their camels could be counted. They came to devour the land. Israel was so severely weakened by Midian that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I brought you up from Egypt and took you out of that place of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's power and from the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave their land to you. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But you have disobeyed me. The angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak tree in Ophrah, owned by Joash, the Abiezrite. He arrived while Joash's son, Gideon, was threshing wheat in a winepress so he could hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared and said to him, The Lord is with you, courageous warrior. Gideon said to him, Pardon me, but if the Lord is with us, why has such disaster overtaken us? Where are all his miraculous deeds our ancestors told us about? They said, Did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Then the Lord himself turned to him and said, You have the strength. Deliver Israel from the power of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, But Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Just look! 
My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my family. The Lord said to him, Ah, but I will be with you. You will strike down the whole Midianite army. Gideon said to him, If you really are pleased with me, then give me a sign as proof that it really is you speaking with me. Do not leave this place until I come back with a gift and present it to you. The Lord said, I will stay here until you come back. Gideon went and prepared a young goat, along with unleavened bread made from an ephah of flour. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought the food to him under the oak tree and presented it to him. God's angel said to him, Put the meat and unleavened bread on this rock and pour out the broth. Gideon did as instructed. The angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff. Fire flared up from the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. The angel of the Lord then disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he said, Oh no, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, You are safe. Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Gideon built an altar for the Lord there and named it, The Lord is on friendly terms with me. To this day, it is still there in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. That night the Lord said to him, Take the bull from your father's herd, as well as a second bull, one that is seven years old. Pull down on your father's Baal altar, and cut down the nearby Asherah pole. Then build an altar for the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold, according to the proper pattern. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt sacrifice on the wood from the Asherah pole that you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did just as the Lord had told him. He was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in broad daylight, so he waited until nighttime. When the men of the city got up the next morning, they saw the Baal altar pulled down, the nearby Asherah pole cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They said to one another, Who did this? They investigated the matter thoroughly and concluded that Gideon, son of Joash, had done it. The men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son so we can execute him. He pulled down the Baal altar and cut down the nearby Asherah pole. But Joash said to all those who confronted him, Must you fight Baal's battles? Must you rescue him? Whoever takes up his cause will die by morning. If he really is a god, let him fight his own battles. After all, it was his altar that was pulled down. That very day, Gideon's father named him Jerub Baal, because he had said, Let Baal fight with him, for it was his altar that was pulled down. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people from the east assembled. They crossed the Jordan River and camped in the Jezreel Valley. The Lord's Spirit took control of Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning the Abiezrites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh and summoned them to follow him as well. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. Gideon said to God, If you really intend to use me to deliver Israel as you promised, then give me a sign as proof. Look, I am putting a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece, and the ground around it is dry, 
Then I will be sure that you will use me to deliver Israel, as you promised. The Lord did as he asked. When he got up the next morning, he squeezed the fleece, and enough dew dripped from it to fill a bowl. Gideon said to God, Please do not get angry at me when I ask for just one more sign. Please allow me one more test with the fleece. This time make only the fleece dry while the ground around it is covered with dew. That night God did as he asked. Only the fleece was dry and the ground around it was covered with dew. Judges chapter 7 Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and his men got up the next morning and camped near the spring of Herod. The Midianites were camped north of them near the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to hand Midian over to you. Israel might brag, Our own strength has delivered us. Now announce to the men, Whoever is shaking with fear may turn around and leave Mount Gilead. 22,000 men went home. 10,000 remained. The Lord spoke to Gideon again, There are still too many men. Bring them down to the water, and I will thin the ranks some more. When I say, This one should go with you, pick him to go. When I say, This one should not go with you, do not take him. So he brought the men down to the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, Separate those who lap the water as a dog laps from those who kneel to drink. Only three hundred men lapped with their hands to their mouths. The rest of the men kneeled to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will deliver the whole army, and I will hand Midian over to you. The rest of the men should go home. The men who were chosen took supplies and their trumpets. Gideon sent all the men of Israel back to their homes. He kept only three hundred men. Now the Midianites were camped down below in the valley. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, attack the camp, for I am handing it over to you. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and listen to what they are saying. Then you will be brave and attack the camp. So he went down with Pura, his servant, to where the sentries were guarding the camp. Now the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people from the east covered the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels could not be counted. They were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, he heard a man telling another man about a dream he had. The man said, Look, I had a dream. I saw a stale cake of barley bread rolling into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent so hard, it knocked it over and turned it upside down. The tent just collapsed. The other man said, Without a doubt, this symbolizes the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God is handing Midian and all the army over to him. When Gideon heard the report of the dream and its interpretation, he praised God. Then he went back to the Israelite camp and said, Get up, for the Lord is handing the Midianite army over to you. He divided the three hundred men into three units. He gave them all trumpets and empty jars with torches inside them. He said to them, Watch me and do as I do. Watch closely. I am going to the edge of the camp. Do as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, you also blow your trumpets all around the camp. Then say, For the Lord and for Gideon.
Gideon took 100 men to the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guards. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars they were carrying. All three units blew their trumpets and broke their jars. They held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right. Then they yelled, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! They stood in order all around the camp. The whole Midianite army ran away. They shouted as they scrambled away. When the three hundred men blew their trumpets, the Lord caused the Midianites to attack one another with their swords throughout the camp. The army fled to Bethshittah on the way to Zerorah. They went to the border of Abel-Meholah near Tabith. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh answered the call and chased the Midianites. Now Gideon sent messengers throughout the Ephraimite hill country who announced, Go down and head off the Midianites. Take control of the fords of the streams all the way to Bethbara and the Jordan River. When all the Ephraimites had assembled, they took control of the fords all the way to Bethbara and the Jordan River. They captured the two Midianite generals, Oreb and Zeb. They executed Oreb on the rock of Oreb and Zeb in the winepress of Zeb. They chased the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was now on the other side of the Jordan River. Judges chapter 8 The Ephraimites said to him, Why have you done such a thing to us? Why did you not summon us when you went to fight the Midianites? They argued vehemently with him. He said to them, Now what have I accomplished compared to you? Even Ephraim's leftover grapes are better quality than Abiezer's harvest. It was to you that God handed over the Midianite generals, Oreb and Zeb. What did I accomplish to rival that? When he said this, they calmed down. Now Gideon and his three hundred men had crossed over the Jordan River, and even though they were exhausted, they were still chasing the Midianites. He said to the men of Succoth, Give some loaves of bread to the men who are following me, because they are exhausted. I am chasing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. The officials of Succoth said, You have not yet overpowered Zeba and Zalmunna. Why should we give bread to your army? Gideon said, Since you will not help, after the Lord hands Zeba and Zalmunna over to me, I will thresh your skin with desert thorns and briars. He went up from there to Penuel and made the same request. The men of Penuel responded the same way the men of Succoth had. He also threatened the men of Penuel, warning, When I return victoriously, I will tear down this tower. Now Ziba and Zalmunna were in Karkor with their armies. There were about 15,000 survivors from the army of the eastern peoples. 120,000 sword-wielding soldiers had been killed. Gideon went up the road of the nomads east of Nobah and Jogbaha and ambushed the surprised army. When Ziba and Zalmunna ran away, Gideon chased them and captured the two Midianite kings, Ziba and Zalmunna. He had surprised their entire army. Gideon, son of Joash, returned from the battle by the pass of Heres. He captured a young man from Succoth and interrogated him. The young man wrote down for him the names of Succoth's officials and city leaders, 77 men in all. He approached the men of Succoth and said, Look what I have, Zeba and Zalmanah. 
You insulted me, saying you have not yet overpowered Zeba and Zalmunna. So why should we give bread to your exhausted men? He seized the leaders of the city, along with some desert thorns and briars. He then threshed the men of Succoth with them. He also tore down the tower of Penuel and executed the city's men. He said to Zeba and Zalmunna, Describe for me the men you killed at Tabor. They said, They were like you. Each one looked like a king's son. He said, They were my brothers, the sons of my mother. I swear as surely as the Lord is alive. If you had let them live, I would not kill you. He ordered Jether, his firstborn son, Come on, kill them. But Jether was too afraid to draw his sword, because he was still young. Zeba and Zalmunna said to Gideon, Come on, you strike us, for a man is judged by his strength. So Gideon killed Zeba and Zalmunna, and he took the crescent-shaped ornaments that were on the necks of their camels. The men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, for you have delivered us from Midian's power. Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Gideon continued, I would like to make one request. Each of you give me an earring from the plunder you have taken. The Midianites had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. They said, We are happy to give you earrings. So they spread out a garment, and each one threw an earring from his plunder onto it. The total weight of the gold earrings he requested came to 1,700 gold shekels. This was in addition to the crescent-shaped ornaments, jewelry, purple clothing worn by the Midianite kings, and the necklaces on the camels. Gideon used all this to make an ephod, which he put in his hometown of Afra. All the Israelites prostituted themselves to it by worshipping it there. It became a snare to Gideon and his family. The Israelites humiliated Midian. The Midianites' fighting spirit was broken. The land had rest for forty years during Gideon's time. Then Jerubbaal, son of Joash, went home and settled down. Gideon fathered seventy sons through his many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also gave him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a very old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash, located in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. After Gideon died, the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They made Baal Barith their god. The Israelites did not remain true to the Lord their god, who had delivered them from all the enemies who lived around them. They did not treat the family of Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, fairly, in return for all the good he had done for Israel. Judges chapter 13 The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight, so he handed them over to the Philistines for forty years. There was a man named Manoah from Zorah, from the Danite tribe. His wife was infertile and childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, You are infertile and childless, but you will conceive and have a son. Now be careful. Do not drink wine or beer, and do not eat any food that will make you ritually unclean. Look, you will conceive and have a son. 
You must never cut his hair, for the child will be dedicated to God from birth. He will begin to deliver Israel from the power of the Philistines. The woman went and said to her husband, A man sent from God came to me. He looked like God's angel. He was very awesome. I did not ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name. He said to me, Look, you will conceive and have a son. So now, do not drink wine or beer, and do not eat any food that will make you ritually unclean. For the child will be dedicated to God from birth till the day he dies. Manoah prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, allow the man sent from God to visit us again, so he can teach us how we should raise the child who will be born. God answered Manoah's prayer. God's angel visited the woman again while she was sitting in the field. But her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman ran at once and told her husband, Come quickly, the man who visited me the other day appeared to me. So Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he met the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to my wife? He said, Yes. Manoah said, Now when your announcement comes true, how should the child be raised, and what should he do? The angel of the Lord told Manoah, Your wife should pay attention to everything I told her. She should not drink anything that the grapevine produces. She must not drink wine or beer, and she must not eat any food that will make her ritually unclean. She should obey everything I commanded her to do. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please, stay here a while, so we can prepare a young goat for you to eat. The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If I stay, I will not eat your food. But if you want to make a burnt sacrifice to the Lord, you should offer it. He said this because Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Tell us your name, so we can honor you when your announcement comes true. The angel of the Lord said to him, You should not ask me my name, because you cannot comprehend it. Manoah took a young goat and a grain offering, and offered them on a rock to the Lord. The Lord's messenger did an amazing thing as Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame went up from the altar toward the sky, the angel of the Lord went up in it while Manoah and his wife watched. They fell face down to the ground. The angel of the Lord did not appear again to Manoah and his wife. After all this happened, Manoah realized that the visitor had been the angel of the Lord. Manoah said to his wife, We will certainly die, because we have seen a supernatural being. But his wife said to him, If the Lord wanted to kill us, he would not have accepted the burnt offering and the grain offering from us. He would not have shown us all these things or have spoken to us like this just now. Manoah's wife gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The child grew and the Lord empowered him. The Lord's spirit began to control him in Mahanah Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. Judges chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah, where a Philistine girl caught his eye. When he got home, he told his father and mother, A Philistine girl in Timnah has caught my eye. Now get her for my wife. But his father and mother said to him, 
Certainly, you can find a wife among your relatives or among all our people. You should not have to go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, because she is the right one for me. Now his father and mother did not realize this was the Lord's doing, because he was looking for an opportunity to stir up trouble with the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines were ruling Israel. Samson went down to Timnah. When he approached the vineyards of Timnah, he saw a roaring young lion attacking him. The Lord's Spirit empowered him, and he tore the lion in two with his bare hands, as easily as one would tear a young goat. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Samson continued on down to Timnah and spoke to the girl. In his opinion, she was just the right one. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to see the lion's remains. He saw a swarm of bees in the lion's carcass, as well as some honey. He scooped it up with his hands and ate it as he walked along. When he returned to his father and mother, he offered them some and they ate it. But he did not tell them he had scooped the honey out of the lion's carcass. Then Samson's father accompanied him to Timnah for the marriage. Samson hosted a party there, for this was customary for bridegrooms to do. When the Philistines saw he had no attendance, they gave him thirty groomsmen who kept him company. Samson said to them, I will give you a riddle. If you really can solve it during the seven days the party lasts, I will give you thirty linen robes and thirty sets of clothes. But if you cannot solve it, you will give me thirty linen robes and thirty sets of clothes. They said to him, Let us hear your riddle. He said to them, Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong one came something sweet. They could not solve the riddle for three days. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's bride, Trick your husband into giving the solution to the riddle. If you refuse, we will burn up you and your father's family. Did you invite us here to make us poor? So Samson's bride cried on his shoulder and said, You must hate me. You do not love me. You told the young man a riddle, but you have not told me the solution. He said to her, Look, I have not even told my father or mother. Do you really expect me to tell you? She cried on his shoulder until the party was almost over. Finally, on the seventh day, he told her, because she had nagged him so much. Then she told the young men the solution to the riddle. On the seventh day, before the sunset, the men of the city said to him, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? He said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. The Lord's spirit empowered him. He went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty men. He took their clothes and gave them to the men who had solved the riddle. He was furious as he went back home. Samson's bride was then given to his best man. Judges chapter 15 Sometime later, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a gift and went to visit his bride. He said to her father, I want to sleep with my bride in her bedroom. But her father would not let him enter. Her father said, I really thought you absolutely despised her, 
so I gave her to your best man. Her younger sister is more attractive than she is. Take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I am justified in doing the Philistines harm. Samson went and captured three hundred jackals and got some torches. He tied the jackals in pairs by their tails and then tied a torch to each pair. He lit the torches and set the jackals loose in the Philistines' standing grain. He burned up the grain heaps and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and olive groves. The Philistines asked, Who did this? They were told, Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, because the Timnite took Samson's bride and gave her to his best man. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father. Samson said to them, Because you did this, I will get revenge against you before I quit fighting. He struck them down and defeated them. Then he went down and lived for a time in the cave in the cliff of Etam. The Philistines went and invaded Judah. They arrayed themselves for battle in Lehi. The men of Judah said, Why are you attacking us? The Philistines said, We have come up to take Samson prisoner, so we can do to him what he has done to us. So three thousand men of Judah went down to the cave in the cliff of Etam and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? Why have you done this to us? He said to them, I have only done to them what they have done to me. They said to him, We have come down to take you prisoner so we can hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said to them, Promise me you will not kill me. They said to him, We promise. We will only take you prisoner and hand you over to them. We promise not to kill you. They tied him up with two brand new ropes and led him up from the cliff. When he arrived in Lehi, the Philistines shouted as they approached him. But the Lord's spirit empowered him. The ropes around his arms were like flax, dissolving in fire, and they melted away from his hands. He happened to see a solid jawbone of a donkey. He grabbed it and struck down one thousand men. Samson then said, With the jawbone of a donkey I have left them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey I have struck down a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone down and named the place Ramath-Lehi. He was very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given your servant this great victory, but now must I die of thirst and fall into the hands of these uncircumcised Philistines? So God split open the basin at Lehi, and water flowed out from it. When he took a drink, his strength was restored, and he revived. For this reason, he named the spring Enhakari. It remains in Lehi to this very day. Samson led Israel for twenty years during the days of Philistine prominence. Judges chapter 16 Samson went to Gaza. There he saw a prostitute and slept with her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. So they surrounded the town and hid all night at the city gate, waiting for him to leave. They relaxed all night, thinking, He will not leave until morning comes. Then we will kill him. Samson spent half the night with the prostitute. Then he got up in the middle of the night and left. He grabbed the doors of the city gate, as well as the two posts, 
and pulled them right off, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill east of Hebron. After this, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the Sorek Valley. The rulers of the Philistines went up to visit her and said to him, Trick him! Find out what makes him so strong, and how we can subdue him and humiliate him. Each one of us will give you one thousand one hundred silver pieces. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me what makes you so strong, and how you can be subdued and humiliated. Samson said to her, If they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and be just like any other man. So the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him up with them. They hid in the bedroom, and then she said to him, The Philistines are here, Samson. He snapped the bowstrings as easily as a thread of yarn snaps when it is put close to fire. The secret of his strength was not discovered. Delilah said to Samson, Look, you deceived me and told me lies. Now tell me how you can be subdued. He said to her, If they tie me tightly with brand new ropes that have never been used, I will become weak and be just like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them and said to him, The Philistines are here, Samson. The Philistines were hiding in the bedroom, but he tore the ropes from his arms as if they were a piece of thread. Delilah said to Samson, Up to now you have deceived me and told me lies. Tell me how you can be subdued. He said to her, If you weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric on the loom and secure it with the pin, I will become weak and be like any other man. So she made him go to sleep, wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric on the loom, fastened it with the pin, and said to him, The Philistines are here, Samson. He woke up and tore away the pin of the loom and the fabric. She said to him, How can you say I love you when you will not share your secret with me? Three times you have deceived me and have not told me what makes you so strong. She nagged him every day and pressured him until he was sick to death of it. Finally, he told her his secret. He said to her, My hair has never been cut, for I have been dedicated to God from the time I was conceived. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. I would become weak and be just like all other men. When Delilah saw he had told her his secret, she sent for the rulers of the Philistines, saying, Come up here again, for he has told me his secret. So the rulers of the Philistines went up to visit her, bringing the silver in their hands. She made him go to sleep on her lap, and then called a man in to shave off the seven braids of his hair. She made him vulnerable, and his strength left him. She said, The Philistines are here, Samson. He woke up and thought, I will do as I did before, and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. The Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him in bronze chains. He became a grinder in the prison. His hair began to grow back after it had been shaved off. The rulers of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their god, and to celebrate 
They said, Our God has handed Samson, our enemy, over to us. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has handed our enemy over to us, the one who ruined our land and killed so many of us. When they really started celebrating, they said, Call for Samson so he can entertain us. So they summoned Samson from the prison, and he entertained them. They made him stand between two pillars. Samson said to the young man who held his hand, Position me so I can touch the pillars that support the temple. Then I can lean on them. Now the temple was filled with men and women, and all the rulers of the Philistines were there. There were three thousand men and women on the roof, watching Samson entertain. Samson called to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me, strengthen me just one more time, O God, so I can get swift revenge against the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars that supported the temple, and he leaned against them with his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines! He pushed hard, and the temple collapsed on the rulers and all the people in it. He killed many more people in his death than he had killed during his life. His brothers and all his family went down and brought him back. They buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of Manoah his father. He had led Israel for twenty years.